Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Season 2, episode 145 of Three Beers In. I am Dom, and I am so glad that you have all joined me on this Thursday night, Friday morning. Maybe it's the weekend, who knows? But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. And today we're going to be drinking Samuel Adams' uh, uh, New England-style IPA because they jumped in on the craze, and I want to see what their take is on it because I think it's important because, hey, man, there's a lot of those out there. And you want to, and listen, we want to see what the best one is for the, for the dollar sign. For the dollar sign. I mean, I wanted to say bang for your buck, but it just didn't come out that way. Okay, wasn't here last week. So I know that you, everyone's really probably just upset having some withdrawals, maybe have some of the shakes. But here we are. We're back. And I'm really, really excited to be here. Um, so sour, uh, September is over. We're, we're deep into October right now. But I also want to say um, I'm drinking an Oktoberfest beer because Oktoberfest may be uh, through in Germany. But here in America, we don't give a shit about your culture. Okay. Well, let me not say that. That's very, very um forward of me to say we do care about your culture but we're going to we're going to do our own thing okay so as long as the word october the month of october is going on we're going to be having an oktoberfest here and right now i'm drinking the spotten oktoberfest uh, because this is just widely available and i want to do something a little different than the sam adams so i had this it's so hard to drink on this show but i want to so Okay, so last week, didn't do the show because of the wife's birthday. Also, I just wanted to touch on this real quick. This show is going to be uh, close to 30 minutes. I'm going to try to cut the show time in half because I just found the other, I mean, the last show and the show before, I felt like I was just droning along reading these articles. And I know that a lot of people really enjoy the articles, but I want to find like the, the really good ones, read them beforehand, and then like maybe just give you a synopsis of what I read. And you know what I mean? And just instead of just sitting there trying to read, because I don't read well as it is. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little astonished at that. I thought I was much better at being able to read and speak. Um, but I, have a, I also have a history of not doing well with that. And maybe I'll talk about it later. But nonetheless, um, well, I'll talk about it right now. I was at my, my sister's wedding in the church. And I was um, <clears throat> I was doing a reading. Like, I, I don't, I, oh, it was the responsorial psalm. And I, I had the, the hand down pat where you r raise your hand up for everyone to respond with the psalm. And uh, one of the lines was like, do you plan on being together forever from, uh, and raise a family from conception until death? Something like that. And I straight up said contraception, which is just not a thing in the Catholic Church. Okay, we know that. If you don't know that, it, it's not a thing in the Catholic Church. But I, I blurted that out, and God, God damn it. Well, I mean, let me not take the Lord's name in vain with the subject material, but Dag, Dag Nabbit, ever since then, it's been downhill. I can't read. And they've been married, I think, four years now, and it's just, uh, it's regressing more and more, and... um it's going to get bad, guaranteed. But uh, nonetheless, I want to try to cut the show, show down to 30 minutes because I just, I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think an hour long show is good for three beers in right now. I think that if we have maybe an interview or guests, it would be a little bit more long form. But I just think that 30 minutes might be the sweet spot for us. We'll see. If you guys don't like it, I can bump it up to 45, but I'll read the couple of articles, do the review, read an email if I got one, which I have one today, and then that will be the end of the show. Nonetheless, Let's kick this thing off by telling everyone the winner of Sour September. 
So, um, as you all know, or for those of you listening for the first time, uh, the four episodes before this one were uh, a straight month of September of nothing but sour beer. And uh, in that time, we had, let's see, how many How many do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, eight. We had eight beers, right? Hang on, I'm going to take a sip. I'm also drinking it out of the bottle, which is like sacrilege, but I just don't. It doesn't matter. I want to keep this glass fresh for uh, the show beer. Anyway, um, we did eight beers, and they are as follows. They were Evervice by Night Shift, uh, Purple Passion by Duclaw, uh, Drongo by Clown Shoes, Old Fashioned Lemonade by Evil Twin, Unsatisfied by Discord Beer Company, uh, Sour Me by Duclaw. I didn't realize I did Duclaw twice, so I'm a little upset about that, but we'll we'll move on. Maybe down the road I'll, I'll substitute another sour. I mean, I'm going to do more sours on the, on the show, obviously. Uh, Sour Me by Duclaw, uh, No New Frenemies by uh, Destill and Pipeworks, so it was a collaboration, and so was Evil Twin, but I don't remember the uh, brewery. Uh, maybe you'll see it on Untapped, because I do have to, uh, <clears throat> uh, whatchamacallit, update the Untapped uh, today. And then we had uh, the Pina Colada Sour by Collective Arts. So what I did was I took the winners of all of the the two, I did the I, I did the pairs, and then I took the winners and I tried to stack them up against each other and I tried to decide uh, which one was going to win. So it came down to three and it was the um, the uh, Drongo by Clown Shoes, Unsatisfied by Discord, and uh, Evervice by uh, Night Shift. And when I was going through the process of wh- which one I was going to choose, I wanted to like, in my head I was like, okay, I want to stay true to like the sours, okay, which one is the best of the sour, and then you got to try to find your standard. And when I looked at the uh, the beer taster's guide, like that judge manual, everything just kept saying balance. It has to be balanced. Has to be a good mixture of both. Has balance, balance, balance. Malt this, yeast that. You know, obviously it had to be sour tasting and flavor and stuff like that. So initially, I was going to give it the nod to the Evervice uh, by Night Shift. That was going to win. Because it uh, it was sour and it also had those delicious fruits in it. And, it and it tasted really good. The best tasting one, though, in my opinion, like I really, really enjoyed it, um, was the Old Fashioned Lemonade by Evil Twin. And I also really enjoyed Drongo at the same time. Um, so it was it was it, it, it was really tough. So then I said to myself, listen, I'm going to give my honest opinion about what what I enjoyed and what I would probably try to go out again to go out and get again. So I did a first, second, and third. So third place was the Evervice because it was pretty good for a really soury, sour beer. Like it had really uh, delicious flavors going on in terms of those fruits and stuff. So, I mean, it made it, it made it to the third uh, spot. Uh, Drongo came in second by Clown Shoes because it was, it was very tasty and very balanced because that was what I was trying to keep in mind. Like I wanted to have a sour beer that was sour, but also tasted like a beer. And this one really had that quality. But number one was Unsatisfied by Discord uh, Beer Company because to me that was the perfect balance. It had a really great beer flavor, but it also had a very good uh, sour uh, 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 tinge to it as well. But it just wasn't overbearing or overpowering. It was very well balanced and and well mixed. So that means – oh, sorry, wrong music. Excuse me. So that means on the Mount Rushmore, ladies and gentlemen, for the sours – which is under the seasonals category is none other than unsatisfied by discord beer company. Uh, you should go out and give it a try. Cause it's pretty good. Go. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. 
So that means that's it for Sour September. I mean, I'm going to try to do it again next year because I think it's really, really important and really, really uh, fun. And it's a big part of beer. You know, sour beers are there for a reason, and uh, they should be enjoyed and celebrated because they are they are pretty tasty. And I proved that to myself. I, I went out there. Not that I was against sour beers, okay? But we did have a reputation here on Three Beers, and we kind of strayed away from them a bit. And it wasn't so much because of me. It was more so because of Rob. And I and then like... I don't mean to blame him because he's not here to defend himself, but I'm blaming him. And I'm pretty sure he wouldn't he wouldn't deny it. He'd be like, yeah, I hate sours and stuff. But what I learned doing the Sour September was that I think I grew uh, more appreciative of craft beer because I was so impressed with some of the flavorings. I mean, and and some of the um, presentation. I mean, it was just it was just so much fun to do. And I look forward to doing it again. Um Speaking of a sober October, because I know a lot of people are jumping on that right now with the Joe Rogan thing. Um, what should we call it? On Monday, this is this is pretty serious, guys. So I'm going to get down to a little bit of, yeah, I'm going to get a little serious here. So on Monday, I, uh, well, I went for blood work. Um, what should we call it? On, uh, was it Friday, I think, of last week or Thursday? No, Saturday. It was Saturday. And on Monday, I was uh, at my parents' house and stuff, just hanging out and stuff. And then uh, I left my phone in the apartment. When I went up to the apartment, uh, there was a voicemail around 7.30 at night. And it was from the doctor's office. And I call. Well, I listened to the voicemail. And it said, hey, Dominic, this is such and such from Dr. Such and Such's office. Uh, uh, we got your blood work back, and you just need to give us a call. So give us a call before 8 tonight or between 9 and 4 tomorrow. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, fuck like initially you're just like okay that's strange you know you don't ever get a really a phone call like that so it was like 7 34 and i immediately try to call because i want to know what's going on when i called i got a voicemail saying that the office was closed i'm like fuck me right so i'm like so i'm sitting there and i'm just like and then it really started hitting me like what the voicemail was the voicemail was the doctor saying i need to speak to you about your blood work over the phone like i can't wait for like another appointment or nothing because like, i had an appointment with him uh this monday coming up so I'm like, oh, shit, what the fuck could it be? And then, of course, your mind starts going. And when your mind starts going, when you get a phone call like that, of course, it's everything bad. I, I thought <clears throat> everything from, um, let's see, everything under the sun from basically uh, fatty liver to to cancer. Like, I, I just thought this was it, right? So, of course, like, you know, my wife's trying to calm me down. She's like, listen, you know, you have no idea what the phone call's about, you know, um, whatever it is. You know, we just got to handle it and that's it. You know, she she calmed me down a bit about it. But of course, I was tossing and turning all night. I mean, all fucking night. So I think my worst nightmare or my worst fear was like a elevation in some like liver levels or something like that or some sort of elevation that needed more testing. If if they had told me, like that was my main concern, that he was going to tell me like there's some elevated levels. We need to do some more blood work because then that that's usually an indication to something um, pretty, I, I mean, I, I would think something bad, like, cause you gotta really, cause it's not like on its face, like, oh, here it is. You know what I mean? Because usually I think like what doctors do, at least from the doctors I've interacted with and been around, like if you hear hoof beats behind you, don't assume it's a zebra. You got to assume it's a horse. But if you can, if you do assume, uh, certain things and you want to research even further, um, it usually goes down a specific road. So I was, I was worried about that. And I was also deathly afraid that they were going to say, hey, you, you have uh, diabetes because I know that's a very serious uh, disease and, and uh, you know, it has some some heavy implications. So tossed and turned, couldn't sleep, you know, finally, you know, get some sleep, 
get up the next day and I get into work and I'm trying to be chipper. I'm trying to be myself. And I got to wait. I mean, I get to work at like 7.10, you know, and I got to wait till 9. Of course, I'm not going to call it exactly 9 o'clock, blah, 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 you know, the whole fucking thing. So finally, I build up the courage. 9 o'clock comes. I, I, and I'm like, I'm sitting there. And I'm like, all right, I got to call right now. No, they just opened. They're not going to answer. Around 9.45, my wife texts me, hey, did you call? I'm like, all right, I'm about to do it right now, you know. Let's just fucking get this over with. So I go in the back room, and I call, and I'm on hold for like 10 fucking minutes. Too long, I got to go back to work. I go back to work, do a little, you know, just to show that I'm there. And I go back again, and I call. I don't want to fucking tell them I'm calling the doctor or anything like that. So I call, and they answer, and they're like, hey, let's get your chart. The secretary told me what was going on, which I thought was a little odd, but it's okay. I think I signed up for it. So um, I'm like, all right, hey, I called, and there's a blood work thing. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me get your chart. She gets the chart. She goes, you have high triglycerides. You have high cholesterol. And I was like, okay, all right, good. She didn't say you have diabetes. She didn't say you're pre-diabetic. She didn't say anything like that. She goes, there's an elevation in your, in your triglycerides and your cholesterol, and the doctor wants you to go on a strict diet for the next three months. No bread, no pasta, no cheese, no pizza, no nothing good, you know? And I was like, okay. And she goes, you're going to see him on Monday, so he'll probably talk to you a little bit more in depth on Monday about it. And I was like, okay, fine. So now I immediately have relief, of course, because it's not the worst nightmare stuff that I heard about. Uh, that I was thinking about, but also it's not great news either, okay, to be having a high cholesterol, especially at my age, and what it can do um, to to the body. So um, I basically looked at it as like this, you know, I've had a great run. I really have, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've lived a, a full life. I'm not saying this as if I'm going to die soon, you know, I hope not, of course, but I mean, like, I've I've partied hard and had a wonderful time doing it. I really have, <clears throat> you know, just caution to the wind on everything that I've ever done. I mean, obviously, I, if you look at me, if people have seen me and looked at me, I'm a big guy. You don't get a, you don't become a big guy if you don't indulge. So I've been doing that for a long time, and now it's it's kind of like okay, the, the 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 what is it? The hen has come to so, something. I got There's a limerick there somewhere, but I can't think of it right now. But it's time to pay the piper. Might be one of them, you know. So. I have to take this serious only because, uh, you know, the older you get now, you know, I sound crazy, but I'm 31. But the the older you get, people that are my size and uh, that uh, have these problems and they don't address them, they're not for the earth long. So I do want to stick around. I want to continue the show. So I figure, hey, if I just kind of keep things in moderation and do the right things, then the levels will be at the right proper place. I, I So the three-month diet that he wants me to go on, I'm pretty sure is just him trying to see if this is a, a lifestyle thing or if it's an actual, like, uh, metabolic or some sort of, I don't know what controls, because I, I know you could take cholesterol medication. I think he, what he's doing is trying to determine whether or not medication is the course, you know. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. By doing, going on this, uh, I'm drinking beer right now, which is probably not the best thing, but the strict uh, three-monther, uh, uh, just to make the determination of whether or not, uh, what the what the course should be. So I'm very thankful that he did make that call to me, uh, well, the secretary, whatever the hell, uh, and uh, just to start trying to just do things the, the correct way, you know. And uh, I had a great run. I mean, we're talking, 
I mean, oh yeah, I mean, we're talking uh, uh, twenty plus years of just living it up, right? And now you gotta, you know, you gotta pay attention. You can't eat uh, all the bacon in the world. You can't have sausages. You just gotta, you just gotta do the right things. And I think if I just channel my energy and my and my mind into certain things and other stuff, and to just really appreciate that I have this information and to be positive about it and to approach it the right way, I think that everything will be just fine. And, and I'm only going to benefit from it. You know, I don't look at this as like a death sentence. I don't look at this as like a, oh, my God, my life is going to be so different. Uh, it's kind of like when the baby was coming. You know, everyone's like, well, your life is going to completely change. Everything's going to suck. You know, and it really doesn't. I mean, I have so much fun. I mean, you lose sleep, but it's not the, the fucking like nightmare that a lot of people were making it seem so. Um so, like, I took all the beer that I had in my fridge, and I'm going to just try to limit myself in, in my drinking and stuff, because beer, alcohol is a, a major part of it, too. I read about it and stuff, and uh, I'm just going to make sure I keep everything in order and, and just uh, try to make sure that, uh, you know, I take care of myself, because it's important. I have to take care of myself in order to take care of my daughter and, and people in my life. I mean, if I don't care about me, then, then obviously I don't care about others, so it's it's time, and uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad about that, so... Just giving you guys a little bit of an update. I don't think it's going to affect the show that much. I mean, because if I if I limit my drinking to just Thursdays, you know, um, I don't think that's unreasonable. I mean, I was doing the show. I'm drinking every Thursday, and then I'm also drinking for for leisure as well, you know. <clears throat> and I think that it's time that uh, that changes. And you know, if I if I ever do if I drink, you know, for for leisure, of course, it's going to be in moderation, you know. On to the bachelor party now, because I think that this is a little, a little depressing. We're going to move on to something else, something more fun. So I uh, went to the Pocono Mountains uh, two weeks ago. Uh, not, not last weekend, but the weekend before. And um, just had a great time. Really, really a blast um, for, my, for my friend Tom. He's going to be getting married. And um, uh, so got there Friday. I uh, got out of work early, drove out there. It was a nice drive. Um, I really looked forward to that drive too, because it was just some peace and quiet and some alone time. I mean, I, listen, I love my wife. I love my daughter. I love everybody and stuff like that. But you know, life has been a, a bit of a whirlwind, uh, since my marriage in December. So, you know, um, cause everything was on top of each other, you know, getting prepared for the marriage. I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to get into it, but, um, <clears throat> that drive was the first time that I really had some like time to myself in a very long time. And I listened to some podcasts and I just hung out basically, you know, hung out I'm fucking driving, whatever, two and a half hours out there in the Poconos area that I know kind of well, it's like a little outside of Tannersville, Lake Harmony area, um, big boulder, you know, it's a, it's a ski area, you know, so you get these cabins and stuff. And we get, th I get there and everyone's hanging out. We're just having a great time. You know, we started playing cornhole, you know, playing cornhole for a while on the property. There was a bonfire, a, situ a fire pit going on, uh, cigars, beer, just just living it up, just having a great time. And um, so that the Friday night, we kind of just chilled out. And um, then the next day, the plans was go to uh, the gun range. And then uh, some guys are going to the casino, going to Mount Airy, uh, 45 minutes from where we were staying. So we get to the uh, the gun range and uh, it's it's like an hour it's an hour and a half wait to just go. So the groom was was already going there. So the group broke up. Some people went to the fractioned out. Some people went out to the casino and some people uh, went to uh, the the gun range. And the people that got to the gun range before uh, the, this other group did because we had to break up the cars a little bit. Uh, they were like, it's an hour and a half wait. We're going to the casino. So uh, we went to the casino because we're not going to stand there and wait for the guns. 
Uh, I lost $40 in a fucking slot machine. I don't understand slot machine. I don't think anyone understands a slot machine, okay? If you ever try to read the rules, because I, I downloaded it on my phone before, okay? And I thought maybe the phone did a bad job of fucking describing what you do. There's a hundred lines that go zipping around the whole fucking screen and everything. I don't know what the fuck it is, I, I, but I see, I, I, I see people sitting there and just... They're there for hours, just just slot machining. So I'm like, all right, look, I don't have a ton of money, right? All right, I got a baby. I got, I have responsibilities. I can't take a ton of cash out to to gamble or anything like that. I can't make a sports bet, nothing. All right, so I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna I took forty dollars out. All right, because I said I want me a couple of gin and tonics. Right, I want to call the little service button and I want to get a couple of drinks and maybe play the slot. Feel like a real old man because I really wanted to relax. Right, I'm in the non-smoking section because those people are like fucking chimneys. I sit down at this this weird panda bear fucking Asian delight fucking slot machine. I put the forty dollars in with the card because you got to put your your fucking membership card in there. Right. And now I, I, I'm trying not to gamble a lot of money. I'm like, OK, I want this to last because I want the two. I want it to, The goal was two gin and tonics, two gin and tonics and maybe five dollars on top of my 40. If I got forty five dollars and two Bombay sapphires and tonic in me, I'm going to have a good afternoon. Right. So what do I do? I'm trying to figure out. I finally figured out how to do like the single dollar bet. I, I should have been at like a fucking one center. But I didn't know. You can't really read because it only tells you it's in credit. They try to confuse you. And they do a good job of it. So it's in credits. I'm trying to hit buttons on it. And it's all fucked. Everything's fucked, right? So I'm hitting go. And now I'm trying to figure out how to order the drink. Because I know in Atlantic City, you have a little pop-up menu and you could order the fucking drink. So it had like a service button. So I'm trying to do the service button. But I'm also hitting the gamble button at the same time. For, For I don't know why the fuck. I kept hitting the gamble button, but I think it's just designed to do that to you. I think they they purposefully fucking it's like an MK Ultra type thing when you sit down on a fucking slot machine. So I'm hitting gamble and I'm hitting service and then like a light popped up and I thought maybe that I was trying to say that the slot machine was broken. So I aborted that and then I was like, "Wait, there's no drink menu." All the while I'm hitting the fucking gamble button. It makes some noises of happiness once in a while. I'm like, "Okay, whatever." I'm trying to pay attention to the credits and stuff. Before you know it, the $40 is gone. Okay? The 40 is gone. I cash out for 13 fucking cents because it won't let me do anything with it in the machine. 13 cents is in my little piece of shit paper saying that it's 13 cents. Hang on. So now... I lost forty dollars in a matter of maybe seven minutes and had zero gin and tonics. So it's a complete one eighty, complete one eighty for what wanted to happen. I was very upset, very upset. I got to go find my friends. I got one guy over here. Eric's playing roulette for a fucking hour, and he's like, "I'm doing great." He's playing there for an hour, and then he comes out of it, and he's like, "I made five bucks," which is what I wanted to fucking do. I should have been at the roulette table. He grinded it out and and didn't do shit. I got other buddies in the poker room, and we're at the bar at the, with some other friends, and I'm just like, what, this guy lost $200, and this is, I'm like, listen, when I was coming over here, I saw a fireworks store. How about that? I planted the seed when I said that, and then I saw the twinkle in the eyes of some of my buddies, and they were like, well, you want to get out of here and buy some fireworks? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to get out of here and buy some fireworks. Fire it up and let's go. Then what do we do? 
We told everybody, like, listen, we're going to get fireworks. If you want to come along, come along. If you don't, you don't. Because we've already done, we've already established that there's a fractioning going on. Okay, we've established that guys are going to do what they want to do. So I got a good, I got a good core of people to come with me to the fireworks store. So we get to the fireworks store. It's there's nobody in there, right? But there's it's it's like a fucking it it is like the FAO Schwartz of bad decisions in there. Okay, I'm not even fucking kidding you. You, you it is. It is just the Shangri-La of of gunpowder and just nonsense. And we are like pigs in shit. I'm over there just like, okay, you know, you already spent that 40. Let's just be careful. You don't want to go too crazy. I'm on a budget here, people, okay? I got kids. I got to, well, I got one kid. You got to pay attention. I have responsibilities. But I'm going in there and I'm just like, I got to find some shit. There's some deals. It was like, I was like, I bought, I ended up buying for 38 bucks. Okay. So under that 40, I ended up getting like 182 fucking bottle rockets, 72 miniature M80 motherfuckers. And I got like, I got like five Roman candles. It was ridiculous. And when we got to the checkout, the guy was like, oh yeah, um, whatchamacallit, it was illegal it was legal to buy fireworks in Pennsylvania, but illegal to use them. I was like, that seems a little fucking dumb. It was like set, it was like almost rigged for people in New York to go get the fireworks and buy them and then try to smuggle them into, into the state, you know? It's it's totally it's ass backwards. I was like, that's fucking stupid. He goes, Yeah, they just made it legal like two years ago. Like, so we could go out and just blast these off. He's like, you could go out and fucking blast them off as long as you're done by 11 p.m. Now, keep that in mind, people. 11 p.m. was the cutoff. I was like, okay, fine. So 38 bucks, I had a fuck ton of fireworks, and so did my other buddies. My other buddies spent, my, one guy spent like $86, I believe, and he bought a fucking mortar and something called like the, 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 the bleeding asshole. Like the names of these things are ridiculous, too. It's totally marketed toward people that are juggalos and shit. All right? You could just tell. There's Fago on there. It's nuts, right? So we get back to the house. It's like it's like I think it was like three o'clock or three thirty in the afternoon, or maybe four, and we immediately just go at it. We just start throwing fireworks and shit. I mean, and we're having beers. I mean, it's just look. Let me tell you something right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. I totally sympathize with anyone who's been injured using fireworks, and the only reason is because when you start drinking. And you start launching that shit, bad things are going to happen. We started throwing them at each other. Now, let me not say it like we were that retarded. We, were, we weren't throwing anything that could really hurt us at each other. The firecrackers, they were, they were like maybe the size, a little, like a, a little bit bigger than a Tootsie Roll. But they were fucking loud, I'll tell you that much. And uh, we were kind of just rolling them at each other and be like, oh, watch out. And then, of course, you'd run and stuff. And it was just so much fun and stuff like that. But I mean, I, one of them went off and a rock hit me in the head. And I was like, if that hit me in the eye, that would have been a problem. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, we had a fucking blast. So we, we, it's literally from like 3.30 to about 7 o'clock, we're just, we're just blasting. I must have launched 80 fucking bottle rockets. It's ridiculous. Okay? It was like every 4th of July that we collectively missed to Staten Islanders and New Yorkers where we couldn't launch fireworks was just, it was like a, a cleansing. It was unbelievable. The place smelt like Fallujah. That's how much like explosives were going. It was, it was, it was a sight to be seen. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was, it was such a display of freedom. 
It was like our 4th of July in late September. So then we take a break to go to dinner, and we go to dinner, we have dinner, and it was a wonderful time. And we come back, and we had like a grand finale, which was a a spike thing that you had to stab into the ground, and you lit it up, and it launched like 200 siren crazy fuck things that would come out, and like banshees in the fucking night. Right, so we start launching and we start blasting off. The mortar is going because now it's dark and it's just a beautiful display. 10, 10, 15, 10, 30, 10, 45, 10, 50, 10, 55, just fucking launching them like nuts. And now we're finally, we're at the grand finale. We're ready for the, the big boy. And now um, I was in the field with a buddy of mine and out of nowhere, this like Pontiac piece of shit hatchback comes flying up the road. Now, mind you, it's Pennsylvania, so it's pitch dark. Right, this fucking Pontiac comes flying up the road, and comes to a screeching halt. Now, so where we were staying was like a little cabin, and across there was like a field, you know, with trees. So it was about maybe about thirty yards or forty yards of field, and then just brush, right? So it was a perfect little area for you to launch fireworks and be fucking destructive. All right, so that's what we're fucking doing. So now, so I'm in the field with my friend. We're about to plant this. We got to find a place to plant this thing. And show Tom, our guy Tom, who's getting married, the time of his life with his send-off, with this beautiful, beautiful fucking thing. And now I see the fucking car pull up, and it stops in the like in front of the driveway across the street where everyone kind of was watching. And I see about, there's about 10 of my friends there. Some of them have cigars, some of them don't. And they're just looking in this car, and I hear like... <laughs> just anger angry voice yelling at my friends and i'm like oh fuck someone's mad you know and i'm just and then like i hear and i just hear my friends say okay okay we'll stop we'll stop and then you hear the guy's just still going and then i like heard my friends like all right all right you know we heard you we heard you right so he, he makes a fucking crazy k-turn goes flying down and it, like he stops again you hear and then you hear everyone, all 10 to 12 of the guys over there just go, oh, oh, my God, get out of here. Like just screaming, right? I'm like, oh, shit, did he just fucking call them cunts or something? Like what just happened, right? So then I finally go over and I'm like, what happened? And like, this guy's a fucking asshole. And then he made another K-turn down the road and came back. He kept going back and forth. He's like, just getting the address for the cops. It's an old guy. Now I see he's an old man, right? He called the cops, right? But now I wanted to know, like, what happened? Because obviously, like, he was at, like, an 11. And he when he when he was yelling at my buddies, they were at a zero because they were just watching. Then they were at a four because they were a little annoyed that he was yelling. Then they were at a seven because they were like, we heard you. Just leave us fuck alone. And then they went to an 11 when he said what he said. And I was like, what did he say? He goes, he pulled up and he screamed, go back where you fucking came from. And I started laughing because my friends probably gave... The most New York response to that statement ever. They put the hand, like the pinky, they did like the OK symbols with the the the, the fingers pointing down, like, oh, and they'll go waving it back and forth. Oh, what are you doing? I got a fire working over here. You know, like they did like the 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 Guido's response to that man. And then, you know, five minutes later the cops showed up. But what was crazy was what was funny was. We already we had three cops with us, you know, from different municipalities. I'm not going to say where they're from, but we had three cops with us. And so 
when the guy left saying he called the cops, they're like, all right, clean up all the, the big shit and let's let's just fucking, you know, act like nothing happened, you know? So we go ahead and clean everything up fast. Cop comes and he's like, hey, I got a call that uh, there's some fireworks going on over here. And we were like, yeah, we, we were at dinner and we just got home. We were at dinner down the road and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, we heard them, but we didn't, uh, we don't know what you're talking about. And he went, all right, I have a good night. And he left. And that was the end of it. But it was just a story to be told, you know, the fact that there were the fireworks and stuff. And it was just so much fun. It was just so much fun to just, I mean, fireworks are, they are fucking dangerous though. I'm not going to lie. I could see how people get injured from that. But uh, just overall, a great time though. Time for the hop of the week there, ladies and gentlemen. And I do not have the thing set up to do the uh, the sound of the, the wheel, but I'm going to press the button to wheel it anyway. Here we go. The wheel is spinning. Spinning. And we have Polaris. Polaris hop. Interesting. In here. Okay. Hop. Okay, uh, Polaris hop. Polaris is one of the new hops from Hul in Germany. Hul, H-U-L-L, but it has the double dots, which makes the ooh, ooh sound. Um, it is known for being a monster in the alpha acid department at levels sometimes exceeding 20%. Fuck, that's, that's high. Jesus. It also has a super high oil content, meaning it is a pungent hop. <laughs> Said to have some fruit flavor, the most common reported flavor is a spicy mint. Interesting. Ooh, the mint flavor is best described like the flavor in a Glacier Mint candy. Uh, you may think twice about a mint flavor in your beer, but feedback is that the mintiness is not overwhelming or a negative, but actually adds depth. It's also known as German Polaris. Uh, its characteristics are floral and fruity aromas, spice, pine, and mint. Used for bittering and aroma. And the alpha composition, the alpha acid composition is 18 to 23%. That's fucking big. Wow. And it's used in ales, pale ales, and Indian pale ales. You know, I find this interesting because maybe, because I think this hop came out in like 2013. Maybe they they made a hop like this to try to have a craft beer. Because I wonder what the craft beer community is like in Germany. Because I think they still adhere to those uh, those beer laws. You know, and this is another reason why I, this is something that I would try to brew with. I mean, I, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you've heard it here on the show this coming uh, Saturday, the 19th. Not this Saturday, but the next Saturday will be when I do my boil and when I get to really get my hands dirty making a beer. Isn't that something, people? Isn't that something? I'm so excited for it. Literally, I, I just can't believe it. It's time, and it's also time for the beer news. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the beer news. One of the big parts of three beers in here. Try to keep everyone up to date with what's going on in the beer community because it's important for everyone to be in the know. That's correct. In the know, ladies and gentlemen. So the first thing I wanted to read to you, and like I said, I wanted to read the um, I wanted to read the articles first, and then like give you my sermonization of them, uh, just to keep things a little bit tighter. Because I know I'm way over the thirty minutes right now, but uh, I got a little carried away with the things I was talking about. But anyway, uh, this is coming from StoneBrewing.com, like right from the uh, right from the source here, and uh, it's a really interesting thing. So uh, there's a group of people 
there's a, a watchdog group in the United Kingdom that um, uh, was offended by the arrogant bastard ale, like the bastard part of the the brew, and they were they were pressuring uh, the importer to stop taking in that beer. And, uh, you know, this goes along with the cancel culture thing that's going on. And you got Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. Like, I think I talked about them before, getting a little bit of heat from the cancel culture and stuff like that. And um, Stone had a very interesting response. But I'm going to read the complaint. I believe this is a... Okay, so I'm going to read from Stone what what basically... uh, I'm not going to read the complaint, but I'm going to read what Stone said. So it said, on June 11, 2019 a UK alcohol industry, quote, watchdog called the Portman Group sent a letter to our UK importer. Odd, it seemed. Why not send directly to the creator of the beer? It's not quite the responsibility of our importer to create our label, artwork, and text. Nevertheless, they did the dutiful deed of forwarding it to us for our eventual and significant bemusement. One might think that, being British, the good folks at the Portman Group would exhibit a keener grasp of the range of word usage in the English language. Uh, you will find said letter in our response below. So they, they have the letter here, but uh, I'm not going to read the letter. I'm going to read the response, though, because, I mean, obviously they're going to say they're offended at the fact that the arrogant bastard word is in there, but... This is Stone's response. Uh, Dear Portman Group, thank you for your letter. We're sorry to hear that our beer identity and labels offended you. Since Arrogant Bastard Ale has been around for 23 years, a year before Portman was formed, um, and has been distributed, uh, distributed in the UK for over a decade, the most devastating news may be how long it took you to identify your feelings. Uh, it would be insensitive for us not to recognize that this must been must have been a difficult emotional process, and it clearly was emotional, as your letter contained a lot of emotional words. So, due to this highly emotional, pl- <laughs> so due to this highly emotional place that you must be coming from, we felt it was important to give you time to fully process before we responded. We recognize that you're going through some changes, and change can be difficult for any person, organization, or watchdog group. All that being said, we believe you deserve a truthful response, and here it is. Your letter strikes us as both random and arbitrary. Random because you specifically describe it as such with your sentence, Zenith Global were asked to collect a random sample of 500 alcoholic products on sale in the UK off-trade. One might think that if a goal is to protect the public from themselves, the mission would not be satisfied via a random process, but rather a thorough and exhaustive audit of every single product available for sale in the UK, often on trade. Being not the watchdog business our, being not in the watchdog business ourselves, this is admittedly not our ballywick. Arbitrary, because it seems the definitions you've chosen are arbitrarily applied to our arrogant bastard ale. By suggesting your actions are arbitrary, We're being polite and giving you the benefit of the doubt because the other possibilities would be that you did it intentionally and that it would be irresponsible. We believe in you, Portman, and believe you wouldn't be intentional. You wouldn't be intentionally irresponsible. But we'll get into that shortly. Every aspect of stone brewing is built on best practices. We consider them at every stage of growth and in our goal to improve the world of beer. We invite you to research our company's standards and ethical values. We believe in them to be worthy of your inquiry. We actively rail against the evil things in Portman Code 3.2, violence, aggression, danger behavior, dangerous behavior, anti-socialism, and illegal activities. 
We do, however, struggle to understand the inclusion of the offense that we're being accused of, quote, bravado. Hopefully understanding that arrogant bastard story will convince you that we're not being bravado-y and that bravado itself is not very useful in the criteria to judge a beer brand or a person. As such, we humbly, yet firmly, request a challenge from Zenith Global's accusations. Oh, wow, this really goes on. I'm so sorry. At press time, there are 250,000 reviews of Arrogant Bastard on Untapped.com. By comparison, the number one selling beer in the United States has 381,000. Point is, Arrogant Bastard Ale is, ha- is hardly a fringe brand that escaped your ethical radar for over 10 years. So why now? Why so many years after it became one of the top-selling 22-ounce craft beers in the United States chain stores? In many years, it has occupied number one in the position. Why, after we've been honored, why after we've been honored to, to been named the all-time top brewery on the planet Earth by air by beer advocate twice, from the U.S. to the U.K. to Asia and Australia, Arrogant Bastard is now one of the most widely recognized craft beer brands in the world. Arrogant Bastard Ale is the beer that is credited by many as what inspired them to see beyond the world of industrial beer into the craft and artisanal side of the equation. It's hard to believe that millions of people in differently awesome cultures around the world would show such support for a beer whose branding was truly offensive. Maybe Zenith Global's analyst has rare, keen insights that millions missed. Or maybe they were having a rough day. Or maybe they were working to fulfill an undisclosed quota to justify their no-doubt pricey consultancy. Again, we're not, gonna, we're not in the watchdog business. Another possible option is that Arrogant Bastard's success came at the cost of the industrial brewers who founded and funded the Portman Group. Now that Arrogant Bastard has been taken so seriously as an alternative to their products on the global stage, uh, well, that admittedly seems convenient. In the rest of the world, uh, if the rest of the world had been so offended by your analysis, uh, we assure you Arrogant Bastard would be long gone by now. Our goal is to inspire, and we've been crystal clear about that. It's not bravado for us to say that our track record has proven us to be successful at that. Perhaps a tad braggadocious, but not bravado. As you know, m- oh my god, I oh, it's, it's so long. I'm going to stop there. Oh, it's so long. See, this is what I was talking about. This is what I was talking about. I fucking did it again. I didn't read it. I didn't fucking read it. Oh, my God. But it's so cute. There's two babies on here. I have to post this link because this this letter is so fucking good. And you know what? Uh, you know, just to, just to comment on this, I remember Sam Adams being like the first craft beer I was ever introduced to, but Arrogant Bastard Ale was like right behind it. And it was my cousin, my cousin Tom, that introduced me to Arrogant Bastard Ale and... I remember at the time I was like, oh my God, this shit is too bitter. It's too crazy. Now it's fucking pedestrian, you know, compared to the shit that you've, that, that, that we've had. Um, and it's just so funny. Oh my God, that's so good. But two other things that I really wanted to touch on real quick, and I'm going to try to post that. Um, uh, Guinness is releasing the over the moon milk stout, they called it, and it's going to be arriving in early uh, November. And I found this interesting because, you know, yeah, it's not craft. Okay. But I do want to see what their take is on this, okay? Because Guinness has been around for like a million years, and uh, I want to see what it's all about. And the beer is going to be sold in six-pack, 12-ounce uh, cans for a suggested price of ten ninety nine, 
And uh, Guinness is saying that the beer has notes of caramel, chocolate, and a light roastiness that may remind some people of our historic stouts. However, it finishes with a sweetness uh, and the characteristic of milk stouts. And it's very approachable. So I do want to see, because this is now, uh, like I said, a big brewery trying to creep on in. I want to see if they do stack up and if it is indeed going to be delicious. And uh, another article that I came across Actually, you know, I'm going to save that for next week. I got to actually save that one for next week. I want to get into the beer review portion of the show right now because I think it's important that we we start that process. So this week, it is the Sam Adams uh, Sam Adams New England IPA. It says hazy and juicy. It's a twelve point. It's a twelve ounce can. It's an ale, and it's six point eight percent ABV and thirty five IBUs. It's a really nice looking can. The can is actually, I think, prettier than the beer might be. But let's see. Uh, it's got a really interesting lip to it on the top. I'm pouring it into a Stella Antoine glass, which I know it's not craft, but there's something about these glasses that I really like. The chalice. It's a chalice. So I did a, a decently aggressive pour there, and I get two fingers ahead. I hold it up. Uh, so usually with a lot of hazy IPAs, our New England-style IPAs, Nihapus, the aroma hits you as soon as you open the can. Not happening here. There's there's no explosive aroma coming out of this can, okay? Which is, to I think, to be expected. When you get a nose on it, there is a dankness to it, almost like a double IPA sweet dank smell, you know? Like a resiny, piney smell. It has a, a pretty interesting nose. It's not bad. Like, the, the, the smell of the beer is very inviting. Juice bomb, not so much, but it does have a... It does smell like it has a nice astringency at the end of it. There's a lot going on with the aroma that that is inviting. So right now, right off the bat, that's interesting and, and really inter- and really cool. So I'm not completely um, I'm not completely uh, watching. Oh, it's very hazy too. You hold it up to the light; it's not really getting through. It looks like it has a uh, medium carbonation, but um, based off the aroma, it's it, it seems like it's going to be good. So let's give it a taste. Okay, so it's got a dry finish too. Okay, so let me go with the beginning. Hmm. Wait, let me do one more sip here. Starts off with a, a bitter start, but it's fruity. But it's not a juice bomb. It doesn't have that fullness that you usually get with those like really um, potent New England style IPAs. There's a nice clean, bitter, but not too sweet finish. All throughout the flavor of the beer, it's not it's not overpowering. The bitterness is lingering, but not too much. So the beginning has a fruity flavor to it, but it's just, like I said, it's like half of what you'd expect. And there is an IPA, piney-type floral flavor there. Slightly dank, but not, not overpowering. It doesn't really hit your taste buds that hard. The middle is fun. I'm going to do this one more time to just get the middle here. Yeah, when it does that middle turn, it, it it begins this bitterness that I think is um a little a little bit too much. That's what I'm gonna say. It's a little bit too much for a classic uh, New England style IPA, you know. And it's and it kind of see. I understand that you might be trying to reach a broad audience with these kinds of beers, like a Sam Adams would try to do. But I think they fucking failed here because. The New England style IPA 
is probably the one style I think that you could get the most people that don't like craft beer to like. Maybe Sam Adams is in a weird place and they can't hit the mark because maybe so many people, I don't know, are not going to have their beer and they're trying to cut the cost. Could be that. It could be a cost thing. I learned that from Amanda from Rubesman Horman. Maybe you can't make such a potent New England style IPA that you could get out to all the United States because it's going to cost you too much money to do so. So you're having here a, uh, I don't even want to call it a New England style IPA light, a Niepa light, because it's it's just, it's not, it's super light. It's like, it's like a, um, it's hard to describe it. It's like a touch of it. It's like a, it's like a gentle kiss of a Napa, Niepa, and then the rest is just IPA. Seriously, like a Sentinel hopped IPA. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but if it was that, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be really happy. But this is what they say on the can here. The beer was born at our, this beer was born at our brewery in Boston. Unlike traditional IPAs, this beer is all fruit and no pine needles. Wrong. Uh, the special brewing process makes the beer hazy and exceptionally juicy. So whether or not they filtered this or not, you know, I don't know. Oh, shit. I just spilled beer all over the fucking computer. Oh, shit. Fuck. Okay. Trying to clean that. I accidentally paused it. So sorry if you hear like a little bit of a skip. What was I saying? Oh. Yeah, they may have followed the process in the brewing, maybe, to make it hazy. But um, when it says all fruit and no pine needles, that's straight up not true. I don't know if you're trying to do some some subliminal um, advertisement or something there to make people think that's what they're drinking. All fruit. No, it's fruity in the beginning. And then it's just an IPA at the end. So for a for a big brewery. The biggest of all the craft, because it has the craft label independent on the bottom there. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Middle of the road. Actually, no. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10, because it's not, it's it's disingenuous. You're not having a real Niepa here. You know, it's 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 like, it's like 10% Niepa. The rest of it's a, 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 a pale ale. I don't even think it's a New England, I mean an India pale ale. I think it's just a pale ale. You know? That's my opinion on it. That's how I feel about it. But, ladies and gentlemen, I was so happy to do this show today. And I look forward to having you here next week. And then I'm, I'm just so pumped for the boil, for the uh, for making the beer. Not this Saturday, next Saturday. Uh, I'm going to try to do some Oktoberfest-like activities this weekend because there's some stuff going on Saturday now and around the town. Guys, just because Oktoberfest is over in Germany doesn't mean it's over here in the United States. See if there's some local breweries doing something or see if there's some sort of festival that is happening in your town in some park where there's a craft brewery involved because they're out there, ladies and gentlemen. I know that they are, and you're going to have a great time doing it. Thanks for listening. Oh, the email. Fuck. Hold on. Got an email here. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I got to get the email up. Hold on. Got it. Got it. Hamilton from Georgia. Wow. Wonderful. From the Peach State. I don't think that's what it's called. Hamilton for Georgia asks here, with all of the options out there, do you ever repeatedly buy the same beer? Well, Hamilton, no. Well, wait a minute. Uh, this is a unique question to me. Uh, 
because I have a beer show where I have unique beer every week. But uh, I do repeat the same beers. Um, oh, hold on. Speaking of the same beers. It's so funny. I was like, oh, the show's going to be 30 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. And here I am. We're approaching an hour. Um, last one. Uh, I do have go-to beers. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, I do have the beer show and stuff. But if I'm going to an event, like if I'm going to a, a barbecue or a gathering or something like that, I always try to get something that is in season. So right now I was grabbing, I'm grabbing either the Sam Adams Oktoberfest or I'm going to grab, if I, if I have German October, it depends. I mean, if I'm planning a head ahead, um, I'm going to go to Beverage Island or some distributor and get uh, either the Vorsteiner Oktoberfest because that was my favorite. The second one would be Hofbrau and then Polliner. Um Spot in Oktoberfest, I think, is the worst one out of all of them, but uh, still very good. Um, but if you're jump, if you're going into like a delicatessen or or a bodega or a supermarket, uh, the craft craft is usually limited. Uh, but I would grab since it's seasonal, and I'll always grab a craft. So I'll, always, I'll I'll try to I'll actually try to grab flagship if it's there. If it's not flagship, uh, I grab Sam Adams Oktoberfest or the Winter Lager. Uh, because that that time is approaching, but usually when I'm out bringing beer somewhere, it's like Bitburger. Uh, it's usually a Bitburger or a Kolsch, the Reisdorf Kolsch or flagship uh, Kilvan Kolsch is is pretty decent. Uh, it's usually Pilsners and stuff like that. But it, but those are my go-to beers. And if I want beers that are in the fr- well, now I got to cut back, so I might not have as much in the uh, in the fridge, you know. Because, like I said, I want to remove the temptation that uh, comes along with it. But hope that answers your question. Grab, grab craft, man. Grab craft. That's what it's all about. Uh, I'll catch you all uh, next week, everybody. Have a great weekend and uh, love you all.